Well, I, I just keep hearing um, um, there is a new day coming. I, I haven't led you astray, says the Lord. There is a new day coming. So prepare and be ready. Because I haven't led you astray. But prepare and be ready for that new day that's coming. The new day. That new day. And, you know, we don't know what that's necessarily going to look like, but it's going to be different than the day that we're in right now. That's why he says to prepare. That's why he says to be ready. And that's why, um, I mean, for the last two years, uh, I've just been encouraging the church here to walk in, in what they've been called to do, preparing you with the everything that I knew of, you know, to prepare, to help you be able to deal with... Um, Anything that comes your direction. Because, see, in this new day, I believe we're going to have the victory more than we realize we have the victory now. We're going to walk in victory. We're going to walk in power. We're going to walk in love. And we're going to walk in soundness of mind. Because, that's, see, that's who we are. But, see, the church doesn't know who they are right now. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you're called to do? Do you know that you're... um um that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Do you know that? Do you know that you have the victory in every situation? Do you know that? Do you know that healing has been given to you already in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you know that? When I say, do you know that? When the Lord says, do you know that? Do you know that? Are you walking in it? Are you walking in healing? Are you walking in victory? Are you walking in wholeness? Are you walking in love? Are you walking in those things? Do you know that? If you don't know those things, then we need to get we need to get those things under our belt. You know what I'm saying? When I say under our belt, we need to know them. Do you know that? Do you know that he meets every need that you have? Do you know that? Do you know that? When you're in a tight spot with finances, do you know? Do you know that he said he'd meet every need that you have? Do you know that? Can you walk with blinders on your eyes? Even though finances look bad, can you walk? continue to walk after him? Because he said, I will meet every need that you have. Do you know that? I guess we're going to have to change the message. It's, do you know that? That's what the message is today. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that? Really? Do we know that? Do we know those things? I'm always, I'm always checking my, in, checking on the inside. Do I know that? Do I really know that? Am I really free from fear? Do I know that I'm free from fear? Do I walk in the gifts of the Spirit? Do I know what they are? Do I know that? Do I walk in them? Do I walk in the gifts of the Spirit? Do I know what my calling is? Do I know that? If you don't know that, are you gearing towards that right now? Are you walking that way? Are you doing what you know to do to find out what your calling is? And, and, and doing something? Are you part of the body of Christ? Do you know you are a part of, excuse me, it's the Lord, but do you know you're a part of the body of Christ? Do you know that? If you know you're the part, you're a part of the body of Christ, you're not going to be um, offended at something somebody says. If you know you are the body of Christ, you're not going to, um, uh, um, you're going to walk in love with them. You're going to be able to go over and sit by them and put your arm around them, give them a hug. Say, I love you. 
because they are a member of the body of Christ. Do you know that, that that's your place? If you're at odds with somebody, get it, get it taken care of because that's the part of the new day that the church is going to walk in. And if the church can't walk in that, if the church can't walk in that, they're not going to walk in any power. It's power, love, and a sound mind. So you need to walk, you need to walk in that, in that um, new day that's coming. You need to walk in love. You need to walk in love. It doesn't make any difference if they've rejected you over and over and over. That doesn't mean you go, you just keep coming to their door, but you know on the inside that you love that person. You got it straight, you got it right with the Lord. That's where we have to be all the time, all the time. And see that, that will cause the church to come into a place of unity. None of this is my notes, folks. That will cause the church to come into a place of unity. If the church is in unity, in one accord, we're going to walk in power. Is that right? Yeah. Even in worship. Unity in one accord in worship. When we're that way, God moves. God moves. Now, I'm not going to, in in worship, I, I know where we're at most of the time, whether we are or not, but I'm not going to make something happen. You know what I mean when I say make something happen? I'm not going to conjure up a move of the Spirit if the Spirit isn't moving. You see, you understand what I'm saying? I, I can't do that. If I do that, I step over into an area of allowing the enemy to attack. I have to be hearing what he wants done in the, in the church service. And all of you working together, all of your anointings working together, um, dictates what goes on in the service. Does that make sense? It di- dictates it. Sometimes we can override if we've got enough people in unity and then the, the things will move, the Spirit of God will move in the situation. But um, let's pray in tongues. Real strong so you know it. You know you're praying in tongues. If you don't have your prayer language, worship and worship the Lord. Correta, <laughs> <laughs> 
chichimito, arreta hamaso sacarreta, arreta carreta mamoso ha ha, eche carreta ha ha ha, me me acuche tato correta ha ha, mi sanamo correta ha ha ya, me me acuche ha ha ya, ese no me amo correta ha ha ya, ese no me amo correta ha ha ya, mi sanamo correta ha ha ya, mi sanamo correta ha ha ya, me me amo acuche ha ha Thank you, Lord. 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 How many of you sense a difference? Sense a difference in the atmosphere? Sense a difference in yourself? Some of you, I was dealing with some junk. But the, the intercession and the prayer that goes on or what I just did was, is one of the gifts, uh, one of the offices, offices, diversity of tongues. So um, sometimes I know what's going on, sometimes I don't. But the Lord was in, in, in bringing a, a hotter fire in you this morning, in this right now, a hotter fire. You notice the changes in, in the tongues. Each time that changed, there was something different that was being done. In, in 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 us, amen. Um, sometimes there was some demonic influences that were being dealt with, amen. It's all good. <laughs> you can put a smile on your face. It's all good, amen. It's all good. God is good, and He wants us to be uh, like Him and do things that do the exploits that Jesus did while He was here. That's what He wants for us. And so we covered a bunch of different things right there. You know, the love and the fear and the intercession and the and all that so let's go let's go to um uh, let's see i've been i we've been talking about um let's go to uh, hmm, uh ephesians four let's just go there we might we might camp out there i'm not real sure we'll see ephesians four eight we've been talking about the ministry gifts Everybody has a calling. The fivefold ministry we talked about last week. Last week is apostle, prophet. Um, depends on which one you read. Teacher, pastor, evangelist. Those are fivefold. And I, I really do think that the church, the the church at large. When I come up with learning these areas, we put so much emphasis on those fivefold those five-fold ministries that everybody was trying to get themselves into one of those places, one of those slots. You follow what I'm saying? And, and, and people basically thought if they weren't in one of those slots, they were nobody. So, so a lot of the giftings and the callings in the body of Christ have, have been done away with because people don't think. They think if I'm not one of them, I have nothing to do. That's not true. That's not true. You you can be called to um, be an exhorter. The body of Christ needs that. Giver, a giver. The body of Christ needs that. Helps is a big one. Helps is a big one. And um, it's 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 uh, important. We're going to focus on helps today. Okay, 
We're not going to focus on the fivefold ministry. We will eventually, I think, but, but helps is a big one because we all can fall into that category. Okay? Just like Natalie and Kent brought breakfast this morning. That was a help to the body of Christ. I didn't have to do it. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to do it. It was one last thing. The ministry of helps, when you do that, it causes it causes the the people that are, are speaking the word or sharing the word to be freer, have more up more time to be able to pray and spend time studying the word of God. Amen. When everybody falls into a place of helps. Helps. Well, what is helps? <laughs> helps is just helping. Helps is helping. Remember last week I told you too that that you're um, for helping any anybody that's doing anything, everybody that's downstairs, the teachers downstairs, if you brought the breakfast today, anything that facilitates the church like that, you have the same reward that I have, the same reward. You'll have the same reward. When, when um, youth are doing things in the nursery or children's church, sometimes they help, they'll receive the same reward. As long as they stay in a place of faithfulness, of course, everybody has to stay in a place of faithfulness in doing that. Okay, let's read Ephesians 4. I'm going to start with verse 8. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. See, if you can just get a picture, picture of this happening. Jesus ascended on high, he took captive those that were captive already, he took them to have them with him. And just picture the gifts dropping from the sky. Wouldn't you like to walk out and have a bunch of gifts drop on your head? And Just picture that happening. So he dropped those gifts and he gave everybody gifts. Say, I have, I have been given gifts. Okay, so um, verse 9. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into lower parts of the earth? And we know he went down there. He went and got the keys. And they also then took, um, brought those that have, were being held in the bosom of Abraham. Is that right? That's right, isn't it? He who, ascended is, who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things, verse 11, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay, so that, that those fivefold ministry gifts are to build up the body of Christ so that you guys can do what you are called to do. It doesn't matter if you're sitting out there and you're called to be a pastor my job is to build you up and equip you to be that. You understand? My job is to serve you. My job is to um, think more highly of you than myself. My job is to make sure your job gets going, even if I have to sacrifice my job. Does that do you make, you, you understand that? That's that's in the role of being a, um, a servant. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, 
of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of God, of Christ. Now, I think it says something in there about being perfect, isn't it? King James. Anybody got King James? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. I, I need you to understand that when you're when you're doing when you're called to do something for the Lord, that doesn't mean you have to wait till you're perfect to do it. See, we're already been made perfect in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've already been made that way. So the thing that needs to happen is we need to press on. Like Paul said, you know, Paul, he was killing Christians. He was killing Christians. You know, but he had he got it straightened out. And so he started serving God then. He started serving God. And so he didn't let that which had happened. He had to let go of that. Even though he, you know, I'm sure the enemy probably tormented him a lot about what you did. What did you do? You did that to those Christians? Who says you can go preach the gospel now and be of any help to anybody? Who says that? Look at you. You're nothing. You killed all these Christians. I'm sure he had a battle that way. Didn't he? I mean, we, we, we need to... Um, well, let's, uh, Paul said, I press on. I forget those things which lie behind me, and I press on. And that's the thing you have to have. If you miss it while you're in ministry, don't just stop. You press on. As long as you're pressing on after the things of God, you're going to be okay. Amen? You're going to be just fine. But the, the key is to press on. Don't let the things that have happened, whether it's, it's sin or strife or whatever it is, if you step into a wrong place and you get in your place, get it straightened up and press on. Don't let that, don't let the devil come and torment you. Well, you, you were in sin. You can't, you can't minister the gospel. No, you know, you press on. You keep doing what God has called you to do. You keep doing it. And when you're pressing on you, that's the best thing you can do. When you're pressing on after the things of God, that's the best thing you can do because that sin nature, all of that, just as I, you're not controlling me. I'm going to live for God. And I'm going to do everything I can for God. And what it does is it mortifies the flesh that wants to do that. Does that make sense? That's Romans 13, Romans 8, 13. See, see, as we make a choice, each time we make a choice to serve God, no matter what we have done, and we miss it, we, we receive forgiveness and cleansing, and we press on, then, then uh, it's going to mortify. We press on in the spirit. It'll mortify the deeds of the flesh. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's see. Okay, let's just read 13 again. Um, well, 12. For, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service, to the building up of the body of Christ, and to we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature man, to the measure of stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children. No longer to be children as we're pressing on, okay? Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself. 
Okay? So, so as we, as we pursue doing what God has called us to do, and, and, and we build up the body and the body comes into a place of unity, then it's going to cause you guys to not be rocked by every wind of doctrine that comes along or by every circumstance that comes along. It's not going to cause you to be rocked because the fivefold ministry here is here to serve you and to build you up and to come into a place of unity so that you won't be moved every time the enemy wants to look at you cross-eyed. And we are sometimes. We are. We're moved. We're moved every time he makes one word to speaks in our ears about something isn't going right. But see, the job of the fivefold ministry and, and the, the fivefold ministry all working together, you know, working together. And what it does is it builds you up into a place of being mature, not a child being tossed to and fro. See that how that, that goes. So, so we're not going to, we're just going to, uh, we're going to, I want to focus on the helps. I'm, I'm really talking about a lot of this uh, more than what I had planned. Anyway, um, so gifts um, translated uh, in relation to ministry is endowment. You know, when the gifts gifts drop out of <laughs> heaven, when Jesus, you drop the gifts into your heart, it's, it's an endowment upon you. It comes upon you, amen? And it's a, a quality or ability possessed or inherited by someone. It's an ability that you possess. God calls you to an office. He endows you or he equips you to do what he's called you to do. He equips you to do what he's called you to do. You hear me? So there's no fear in walking into the office that God's called you to do because he'll equip you to do it. Okay? And so that's really important. Okay. Um, so let's see. So we're going to move into this talking about... about um, I'm, I'm just going to real briefly tell you, like last week, the river of love, we kind of hit that already. Uh, it's important that you love yourself as you do your neighbor, because it, that the, the calling and the gifting, the gifts of spirit, all of that flows on that river of love. That's why it's so important to stay in a place of love with everybody, no matter what they do to you. Amen? Stay in love? Stay in love. Okay. Um, Matthew twenty three eleven. You can turn there, please. Twenty three eleven. We hit this one a little bit last week, um, and I and I just talked about it too, so we won't spend much time on it. This is Jesus talking. He said, "But the greatest among you shall be your servant." And see, we've always put the fivefold ministry on a pedestal. And we've said, oh, they're so great. I want to be one of them. I want to be one of them. But you know what? One of them is the servant to everybody. You have to have that servant heart to be able to minister effectively to people. Amen? You have to have that servant heart. Okay, so um, servant, one who does what promotes the welfare and prosperity of the church. Um, Let's look at Mark and see an example of um, Jesus then. Mark uh, 10, please. Mark 10. Forty-four. And Jesus is talking here again. And whoever wishes to 
to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even, verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, in that, in Philippians, it talks about that's the attitude that we need to have. We need to have an attitude of serving others. I mean, what greater manifestation is there that, of love than, than, than um, serving others? Amen? Okay, so, okay, obedience is another one. Um, Philippians, uh, it's important to ready yourself for ministry. It's um, uh, Philippians 2, 8. And it's uh, in this place here in Philippians 2.8 that talks about that attitude. Um, That all is also good. But um, I'm just going to go to 2.8 because I'm trying to get uh, get done. Uh, And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So, So our obedience should be in line with that. Our obedience to serving God, humbling ourselves, amen? Humbling ourselves. I mean, if you, this whole, from verse 1 to 8 is so good. Um, uh, Verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. See, I regard you guys more important than myself. That's why I I can I want to be the pastor to you. Amen. I want to be a pastor to you. And so the love of God that flows out of me is to make sure I get you to a place of where you can serve and live live for God and what God's called you to do. Amen. We should we should regard one another as more important than ourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests. But also for the interests of others. Amen. Now, now this is not just talking to the fivefold ministry. This is talking. This is talking to the body of Christ. It's talking to the body of Christ. Verse five: Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, and we want to be like Him, right? Who, although He existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied Himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Then verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even, even death on the cross. Okay, so that's obedience, and that's also walking in love. Um, and then Philippians 3, 14 was where we took, uh, if you want to write this down, Philippians 3 uh, goes on, talks about 13 and 14, talks about Paul pressing on, and we, we covered that pretty good. And so, um, Acts, let's go to Acts 6. Now, um, most of you, I think I told, said this last week, you don't start at the top. You don't start at the top. You don't start in the apostle place. And, and that's been a bother to, to people. I've seen people fall by the wayside because they, they, they wanted to be an apostle right off the bat. You don't start there. 
You don't start in those. God's, God's going to prove you. You know what I mean? He's going to watch you. He's going to see if you're faithful, for one, to be in church. He's going to see if you're faithful to give. You're gonna, he, he's going to see if you're faithful to serve wherever you can. He's going he's, he's to watch those things. Now, God's not mean, but I can tell you, I can tell you it, when it grieves my heart, and I know it's the heart of God. It grieves me when I see some things going on. And I, and I know that's God's heart about it too. It grieves me. Amen? Because we, we, need, to have a, we need to have a heart after God. And um, anyway, you just don't start at the top. You start by being, learning to be obedient, by doing what he puts you, where he puts you. You be obedient there. You serve to your best ability. You learn and you grow in that spot wherever he's got you to start. Amen? Maybe you're going to start in the nursery. You do it, you give it your best. It's not a haphazard thing. You know, you know what I mean? It's not, a hap, it's not haphazard. It's not, que sarah, sarah, well, I was here today. Is that the way God would want it to be? God wants you to give everything you got to those kids. He's watching. He knows. He knows. He knows if you're serving him that day or if you're serving your flesh. He knows. Is that kind of hard? Is that kind of tough? But it's true. God knows what's going on with you. Each each time you come to church or whatever you're doing, I mean, you, that doesn't mean you, you can't serve him outside of here. Um, taking a plate of cookies to somebody that's been uh, in their home, shut in their home, that's serving him. Amen? That's serving him. Amen. Acts 6, 5, as we're talking about, uh, we're talking about, well, see, now at, let's, let's start with one. Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose at the part of the Hellenic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of the food. So that was a complaint, and they had to find people that would take care of those and and so it wasn't left for the people that it wasn't left for those that were preaching the word to do that. So they appointed, I think it was six or seven. Stephen was one of them, and Philip was another. They appointed them to take care to serve the tables, so that the others. I think there's a scripture verse, so that others could um, uh, spend time in the word and prayer. Okay, so so they did that. That was a helps. That was a helps um, area. And see. And, let's see, but we will, it says in verse 4, verse 3, but select from among you, brethren, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. So they didn't take that lightly, who they put in charge. You see that? Full of wisdom and that were full of the spirit. Okay, but in verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the statement found approval with the whole congregation. They chose Stephen, Stephen, however, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and then lists all the others there. Well, you, most of you know the history of Stephen. Most of them, both Philip and Stephen, uh, didn't just serve tables. Uh, Philip became evangelistic. Stephen, uh, miracles and healings were taking place through him until he ran into the 
the debate between him and the other the other people, and he was eventually stoned. But you know, he didn't. He he still walked in love with those that were stoning him. Remember that? He still walked in love. He still walked in love, even though he was standing there being stoned, or on his knees being stoned. He said, "Forgive them, Father. Forgive them. Don't hold this against them." Amen. So so anyway, the um. I just I, I shared that because I want you to see that neither one of them started out in evangelistic role or doing miracles. They started out serving tables, serving, serving, and then they moved into a more more of that role. Amen. So uh, God's the one that sets you in the place. Uh, man doesn't. Um, you don't set yourself in a place. Um, God will enlarge your ministry as you prove yourselves. As you prove yourselves, he will add to it. He'll add to the anointing and you'll actually um, be equipped to do more. You don't fill an office to make money. You don't fill an office to make money. You know, some pastors are hired to, to pastor a church and they have no spirit with them. It's not, not a good thing, okay? Um, and don't fill an office that God hasn't called you to, okay? I shared that last week about the married couple that the, the wife uh, said, I'll pastor, my husband's not ready. And the things that happened to them because, because they had stepped into that role and they weren't, they, that wasn't right. Um, don't fill an office God hasn't called you to. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth is another example of that. He was pastor, but he did not let his, he did not, um, he would stand at the back and hand, hang, hand out the songbooks. He was a pastor, but his wife did the preaching. Smith then was an evangelist, you know. He was evangelist, and so then when he would go minister, like in Africa, it, he, he, millions and lots and lots of people would come to hear him, and people would get saved. He was an he was a evangelist, but uh, I think they were calling him a pastor. But he knew better than to step into that place. So him and his wife worked the, worked it together. Then, just like I was pastor and Dick was an evangelist, but we never really moved in that. Dick always ministered the word, but we were just starting to move in that when he passed, and he be um, he was getting ready to go to Mexico. I don't know if many of you know that or not, but that's where he was headed. Anyway, um, also with Smith, he, he um, in his 80s, when God's called you, he's not going to stop the calling. He's not going to take the calling away, and it's not going to stop just because you turn 80. The calling is with you all the time. The calling is with you all the time. So Smith, even at 80, his wife had passed, and he did not follow and did not go anymore with the church. I mean, uh, he went ahead and just did evangelism then. And he, at 80, he was still being able to preach the gospel and, and people were flocking to him to be saved. So he was still doing that at the age of 80. Amen. So just because you reach 70, you don't retire from the ministering. You don't retire. You don't retire just because you reached 65 or 66. 
and you're serving God, you serve God, you keep serving God. You, I, yeah, anyway, oh, that, I'll leave that alone. Um, Acts 13, we won't necessarily turn there, but Acts 13 talks about God can give you more than one gift. And, and you'll see that um, I'm a teacher and I am a pastor, both. Um, my ordaining minister had a hard time getting me to say I was a pastor. I said, no, I don't think you got that right. <laughs> anyway, I'm a years later. I'm pastoring finally. <laughs> okay, that's probably not a good testimony. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, um, see, Paul was even, he was an evangelist. He was a, he was a teacher. He was a pastor, an apostle as well, you know, so he was functioning all of them. And uh, I really wasn't going to focus on those, on those pastor teacher yet. Um, so, so 1 Corinthians, let's look at 1 Corinthians, please, 12, 28. Not that I didn't, you know, he might have told me that, my ordaining pastor way back then, but we were very new, both Dick and I were very new in ministry. He had been pastoring a while, and he was a prophet as well. And we'd been, you know, um, I thought for sure Dick was the the pastor. And so he functioned in, he did function in sharing the word, preaching the gospel. But my a lot of my role was uh, when there was a problem that would arise with, with somebody in the church or situation, he says, here, why don't you take that? <laughs> he would pass those all off to me. And so I was always the one that was dealing with, um, you know, when he was um, accused of cross-dressing. It was my job to get, <laughs> to get a hold of the people that were saying that. And so there was a lot of things that I learned to do as a pastor, you know, even though he would stand up here and share the word. Anyway, but he was more evangelistic. I mean, I think I told you he was always putting tracks out. He'd go to the pay phones and stick a track, and he was tracking them all, and he he was just always tracking. But that was his calling. He had a, a heart to do that, and, and developed he developed the track, which I think we'll probably pull back out here pretty soon. But anyway, he had that he had that heart to evangelize and um and, and, and with that evangelism, you know, comes miracles and, and healings and things like that. So um, verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, um, there's, this breaks it down a little bit more. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. That mean that must be the diversity of tongues. But anyway, helps, helps, that area of helps, that means a reliever. Do you know when somebody steps up and does something for me, that relieves me of having to get it done. It's, I'm, a, I, I'm relieved of it, you know? Like um, this morning, I, I pulled the tree bags out from back yesterday and so when Dennis got here, he says, where do these go? It relieved me of having to get them downstairs and wherever they ended up at, you know. And so, so those things are a reliever. They help me not have to focus on all that, all that, um, what do I want to say, help stuff. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Um, even though, like, the offices of helps are nothing, they're not really spectacular, 
But they're still supernatural. They're still supernatural. Okay? That doesn't necessarily mean... uh, I mean, we have catchers up here. We have people that lay the, you know, the claws down on people if they're slain in the spirit. We have that going on. And those are all helpers for the whole whole thing. Um, And so... um, Not necessarily are any of those jobs, but again, all of those jobs are beneficial to the church, the whole thing happening. Amen? The whole thing happening. Okay. Um, What God calls you to do will be fulfilling. It It will be fun. It will be fulfilling to you. doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy dozy, but it will be fulfilling to you. It will be, you just know you're, you're, you're satisfied. You know where you're supposed to be right then. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't progress into something else. You may start out in the helps ministry, and God's going to see, are you faithful to that? Are you doing that? Are you helping with that? And, and he's going to see those things. The faithfulness is so important. He's going to see that. And then he'll add to your anointing. You may end up doing this or this or this. You may start out in, uh, see, the worship areas also helps. It's, it's not a, this is not a ministry. But it's a ministry to the whole body of Christ. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's not a, one of the fivefold ministries, and it's not listed on, on all that we've read, but it comes under the category of helps. It comes under the category of helps. And do you know... There's some Sundays when I ask for a song up here, it's because my spirit man needs that song and that things can manifest more after that. You see what I'm saying? And so so this is really important for the whole function of the of the church on a Sunday morning, this part right here. Okay. Um, um Okay, so every body part is important in the body. There's not one person in here that is not important. Not one person. Not one. Say, I'm important to the body of Christ. To fulfilling the new day agenda. I'm important. What God has called me to do is important. In Jesus' name. Okay. All right, so um, every body part is important. As as you're sitting there in the chair, you have a number of different body parts that are working. For one, you were able to bend at the waist and sit down. For two, you're able to hold your Bible. For three, you're able to stand up and walk, even though your little toe is not very big, but it's your little toe that's going to keep you standing level not falling. You know what I'm saying? All those body parts that we use all the time, sometimes we don't pay any attention to the body parts unless one starts hurting. Then we focus on it, don't we? Okay, so that's why the Bible, the Word of God says that we need to pray for each other. If you've got a body part that's not functioning right or not, that a body part that is hurting, that we need to pray for that body part so that they can stand in fulfill what they've been called to do. They can stand in their place and do it. Or if you got a body part that isn't here, how are you going to make the things, how are you going to make things happen for the body of Christ? If you've got a body part that's not 
that's not um, where they're supposed to be. Amen? So it takes a lot of intercession and prayer and believing God and calling those things that be not as though they are into manifestation, calling this church full, calling this church into a, a new building, calling this church fulfilling everything that it's called to do. Amen? And everybody here has a part to play to bring that about. Amen? Okay, um, let's look at Romans 12. Romans 12, please. This may seem like it's, um, oh, ho-hum, I need something to encourage me. Well, this is all part of, all part of um, getting yourself ready to be the body of Christ. Amen? Romans 12, please. Four and five. For just as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. Is that true with our physical body? So we who are many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Okay, then jump down to, well, no, don't jump down, never mind. And verse six, and since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or if he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Amen? Okay, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another, which God was trying to say at the beginning, in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor, not jagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Amen. That's all, all a really good list. You can take that list and, and ask the Lord if you're doing those things, and he'll help, you, um, he'll help you with all of them. Amen? He'll help you walk those out. The, the, the ministry of giving is really important to the body of Christ. Um, um, it, it, it kind of falls under the category of the entrepreneur. An entrepreneur um, will, will, the Lord will instruct him on things that he can do to make money, but the money is not for himself. Although, you know, he doesn't, God doesn't expect him to live in a poor state, but the money, God will bless him with what he's doing because he's carrying that gift, that, that calling of giving, you know, or that, ministry of giving he's carrying that so the more he gives the more god's going to funnel to him the more he gives god's going to funnel to him so some of you are called to do that <laughs> i heard somebody laugh on the inside i don't think that's me <laughs> you don't want to ever say that you know but see the more the more you give to the kingdom of god see god wants somebody he needs people that can do that so he's going to get he's going to get you i'm now he may 
I don't know what he'll do with that, but he'll teach, he'll show you how to make something that will be worth millions, you know, or he'll, he'll give you that entrepreneurship and on how to make money or how to whatever, but the money isn't going to be made for you. The money is to facilitate the kingdom of God. That's what that calling is. Okay. That's what that is. And, and uh, God wants to use people to do that. That's another one. It's really important. So we all have different giftings, different callings. Um, okay, I want to, Josh, can you come here, please? Josh and uh, Nick. <laughs> Nick, okay. Okay, why don't you guys just stand here and, and you know how, how we used to play Red Rover, Red Rover? Is that how it went? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, remember we had to hold, we had to hold hands, didn't we? And then the person on the other team, the other team had to break through. Okay, okay. Well, you guys can do this. You don't need to hold hands, but do this. Okay, let's see, Jerry. Okay, Jerry, try to break through. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Break through. Okay. Okay. Now, Jerry. Yeah, you you link in you link in link in with them. Okay, see he's he's now he's doing he's doing these guys are trying to do their 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 place in the body of Christ. Okay, they're doing their place, but uh, Jerry came right through there and busted in. So now they got him saved, and so he's taking his fill in his place. Um, okay, can't try to come and break through. <laughs> break through, break through. Don't let him. Don't let him. <laughs> okay, now join up with them. Join up with you're you're part of, you're part of the wall. Let's see who else. Okay, who else here? Juan, try to you, come and try and break through here now. Come on, Juan. See, this represents the body of Christ, and it's all strong, and it's a it's a wall. Okay, you're gonna yeah yeah break through. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. You guys can all go sit down. See how see how the b- body of Christ, when they're working in what they're called to do, it makes it stronger. The church is stronger. The church is stronger because everybody's doing their part. Everybody's fulfilling what they've been called to do, whether it's the helps, whether it's uh, gifting or giving, whether it's exhort- exhortation, evangelism, whatever it is, the body of Christ is working together and they're standing strong and firm against the schemes and tactics of the enemy because all those holes get filled up. Amen? Amen. So the body of Christ, so the, the church is firm against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. Amen? Okay. Okay, so let's see. Um, let's look at Romans 16. I think we were just kind of there anyway. Romans 16, please. These were all helpers. So each per, each person doing their job in the church or in the body of Christ strengthens the church. Strengthens the church. You know, I mean, I've seen that. I've seen that so many times. And some of you that work children's church or nursery know if 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 they aren't there, if there's somebody that's not there, then it's a weak area for that morning. You know, it's a weak area when people aren't doing their jobs or them. Yeah, anyway. So, okay, 16.1, 
I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is at Centuria. Now, she was a servant, first three and four, uh, greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own neck, to whom not only do I give thanks, but all but to all the churches of the Gentiles. And then verse 6, greet Mary, who had, has worked hard for you. Okay? And so those are all people that are in the ministry of helps. Some of them, you know, like the one that helped Paul, she risked her life to get something to Paul, I would probably presume. She risked her life to do that. So those, that's all, all helps, okay? And then let's look at Second Kings, please. We're, we're winding down here. We're finishing up. Oops. Just the... Nope, nope. Second Kings, we're going to go to chapter 3, please. Chapter 3. And this, this, you probably remember this story about David. I believe this is about David. No, this isn't. It's about Elise. We're going to get to David here in a minute. Second Kings, verse, chapter 3, 15 and 16. But this is Elijah. Um, Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, verse 14, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a minstrel. This is Elijah saying, bring me a minstrel. When we just talked about worship. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. You see that when he was talking about worship, the hand of the Lord came upon him. So, so like I said, sometimes I will ask for a certain song, but I know that God wants to move on something, or it, it, it just stirs me up on the inside. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, verse 16, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. So once, once the Lord, um, the hand of the Lord came upon him, he was able to hear what, what the Lord was telling them to do in order to deal with the situation. Okay? All right. So... Um, we talked about the reward. Um, let's look at First Samuel. That's where I was. This this another confirmation about the reward. First Samuel, chapter thirty, and I'm going to read that out of the Amplified. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to just I I have the ESV written down here. I think I'll read that first out of that. Um, this is First Samuel thirty, twenty four. Uh, just if if you uh, listen to the ESV, please. Who would listen to you in this matter? Basically, um, this is dealing with uh, um, David and the victory over the Amalekites. Remember the the Ziglag, um, uh, their their wives. All everything had been ransacked. Everything had been taken, and uh, the wives and the children. Everything, and they had just gotten back from battle, and and. Um, 
the man that was serving, was working with David, they wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. And remember, he got before the Lord and cried out. And he asked the Lord, um, you know, what to do about that. Let's see. Um, I don't know where we should start. Um, basically, they, they, they got, they won the battle and got all the spoils back. So let's just read now what said what it was said here. And who will listen? Let's see. Okay, let's start with 21. I think that'll give you a little bit. Now that you know the spoils are to be divided is what we're getting ready to talk about. When David came to the 200 men who were too exhausted to follow David, who had also been left at the brook Bezor, and they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. Then David approached the people and greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men among those who went with David answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then David said, You must not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us, who has kept us and delivered into our hand the band that came against us. And he says here, And who will listen to you in this matter? For as his share is with is, is as his share who goes down to the battle, so shall his share be who stays by the baggage. Now let me read that out of the ESV. Who would listen to you in this matter? For as his share is who goes down into the battle, so his, so his share of the spoil will be the same that stayed back and watched the baggage. You understand that? His reward is going to be the same whether he went to battle or whether he went and stayed and watched the baggage. That's the same it should be, as I was saying to you, the reward for those that are working in children's church or in nursery or whatever it took to get this church ready, whether it was cleaning yesterday, whatever it was, the reward is going to be the same as what um, my reward is for for serving up here. Uh, And if people got healed, you get the reward for that, whoever served. Am I making myself clear? Whoever served... It's going to get the same reward, the same reward. When, when, when people are healed, when they're delivered and they're set free when, free, when there's a word of God, the reward for what happened in the service, the reward for the service is going to be the same. I'm going to get the same as those who helped get the church ready. Amen? Amen. Okay. God rewards the faithfulness, and, and he is so good. He's so good to be a... Um, uh, a help like that uh, to us in rewarding us. He wants us to live for him. So he is. Like I said, I can, I can tell when the Lord is wanting to um, bless somebody because they've been faithful. I can tell that. I can tell that. And I can tell when the Lord's grieved if they don't, if they don't get their job done. <laughs> anyway, it's, 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 uh, it's okay because I've been there too. It's moving forward in what God's called us to do. It's equipping yourself to a place where you can serve in the body of Christ and be a help to God. You're not a help to me. So that's why I don't ever I'm not I don't ever take offense at that. Because it's not me you're serving, you're serving God. Does that make sense? It's not me you're serving. You're not doing anything for me. You're doing it for the Lord. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you for your word, Father, that is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. 
We thank you, Father, for the fire of God. Fire of God, Father, that they hunger and thirst after righteousness and they want to serve you and live for you and be a blessing, Father, to you in Jesus' name. We just want to give you all the praise and the glory. We thank you, Father, for meeting every need that they have. We thank you, Father. We call them, uh, uh, we call them blessed and prospering in everything they put their hands to. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.